Hey friends, welcome back to the Sally O'Neill podcast where I get to be your clinical sports nutritionist for a really quick snippet of time and take you through some evidence-based topics and tools that will help you reach your goals faster and more sustainably than ever before. Now, my mission is to empower you with the juicy bits of my nutrition degree and experience in practice so you can become the scientist of your own body, build a beautiful relationship with food and exercise, and then hopefully fire me because you're utterly self-sufficient with it. Now, guys, I'm so excited this week. I've finally worked out how to use my damn microphone. I reckon I've tried to use it about five times. So I do hope the audio is a little better for you this week. And thank you for hanging on in there with me because we're now on episode four, I believe. And you've stuck in there with terrible audio. So congrats. Um, Before we dive in, I've got a big favor to ask. If this podcast brings you value, I would love your feedback with a five-star rating if you haven't left one yet just a sentence or two about what you enjoyed about it because it helps me massively to create more content that you love, right? And also bring more value to this community with better content. Now, if you're listening to this on your daily walk, you're getting your steps in, you're on your commute, you're meal prepping, please, please share a photo of what you're up to while you're listening and tag me. Your community can get so much value from it too and I'll be sure to repost your content as a thank you for sharing the love. Now, Let's dive into today's episode. We're talking about how to cheat on your diet without ruining it, which is a topic very close to my heart. I love a good cheat meal, but I don't actually call it a cheat meal. And I'll dive into why in a sec. But sometimes it just feels so fucking good to let go, right? Like stop striving to have control and hustling for the best meal options when you're eating out and making sure you pick the perfect snack with the best macros and just give in to your impulses. Just be human every now and again then, right? Or in my case, every month, like three days before my period starts, let's be honest. Now, when it comes to that 80-20 balance, I encourage with all my coaching clients to enjoy treats every day. So you don't need these like massive cheat meals or cheat days, which can roll on, or even weeks sometimes for people who go on a total bender and then take 10 steps back. There are so many opinions about cheating, how to structure it, when to do it, how long it should last for, and should we even consider them or just aim for an element of balance all the time? Everything in moderation, right? But for the sake of argument, let's reframe it from, well, let's frame cheating, okay? Let's frame cheating. So I would say that it's no counting calories, no guesstimating your macros, No picking the highest protein option and no worrying about what you're, say, supposed to eat, okay? Some people believe that a mild deviation from your meal plan or your calorie target can prevent you from reaching your goals. I don't subscribe to this thought process. I think it's BS. Um, My whole coaching system is based on flexibility, And in actual fact, you'll see on the meal options, if you're a member of 8020, that you'll see variation from option one day and option two day versus option three. Now, I encourage people rather than to make different stuff for the seven days, because ain't nobody got time for that. You go through the days of options that are presented and the seven, um, and then you pick 
which days sound most appealing and then you just repeat those. So normally people pick two and then they repeat those options like Monday, Tuesday and then rotate. Now, there's flexibility even between those days. Like one day you might be given 1800 calories and the next day it might be 1720 as an example. And that's because what we care about really is the overall weekly consumption. Because when we zoom out of the micro into the macro, we see consistently over time we want to be hitting a target across the week. Yeah, The daily fluctuations don't matter so much. Now, other people will say that you can stray from your diet so long as you don't turn to specific forbidden foods, which I also wholly disagree with. There's no such thing as a forbidden food unless you're eating, say, arsenic, right? We all know about the dude who did the Twinkie diet and lost weight. If you haven't heard about that guy, you need to Google him. It's wild. But total energy intake matters in weight loss and not the contents of the diet itself. I'm sure he felt like absolute shit and lost muscle, but that wasn't the point of the experiment. He proved that you can lose weight eating crap if you eat in a deficit, okay? The reason I program 80-20 is because I want you to be in a deficit and feel good in the process and also not feel restricted. Those are the two pillars behind my coaching program. Now, another group of people will say, throw total caution to the wind, one meal a week and eat anything you want and everything that you can fit into your gut and somehow you're going to cheat or trick the downregulation of your metabolism that comes with low calorie dieting. I hate to break it to you guys, but this is fake news. Now, if you want to delve further into that, you can go back and listen to the episode where I speak about metabolic adaptation. I won't go into it now. There's a lot to chat about, but you'll find that episode really useful and it's a short one. Now, here's what I would say as a clinical sports nutritionist about cheating on your diet. And remember, this is just another opinion to add to your toolbox. So if you like it, remember it, try it on for size. If you don't like my approach, just let it drift on by. I'm going to share with you the exact approach that I have seen work for hundreds of my coaching clients Everybody has their own preference about how to approach this, right? And that way normally works best for their personal situation, their lifestyle and their mental health. Now, yours is not going to be the same as mine or potentially the same as my clients either. So please always listen to stuff with a grain of salt. I do that from people with PhDs, you know, not everybody has the one answer. So this is to add to your toolkit. Now, remember that so much of your journey as well, I really need to say this, is actually about your mindset around food. Now, props to you guys. Most of you already know what to eat and how to do that, how to be in a deficit. Sure, there's things you can finesse like food timing and supplements These are really the cherry on top of just a decent diet. You already know the basics. Lean protein, veggies in abundance, fresh, clean water every day, which we have access to, very fortunately. Healthy fats, whole food carbs. You know the formula. But we are not perfect and we are not always in the headspace to be adherent to that approach, right? I hope you're nodding along with me. 
because you already know this stuff. You don't need to pay me as a nutritionist to tell you to drink more water and eat more veggies, like truly. You're an intelligent woman. Now, the difficulty is that we're actually surrounded by hundreds, if not thousands of foods that are specifically manufactured to encourage us to overeat them. They're super tasty, they're full of sugar and salt and made in the perfect texture to make us want more and more and more. Now, in fact, I think subscribing to the idea that we can follow a healthy diet 100% of the time, and I say healthy in air quotes because I don't know that it is healthy to only eat whole foods all of the time from a mental health perspective. I've tried it, guys. I'm going to be honest. I ended up with something called orthorexia. You can Google that. That's a topic for another episode. But doing this healthy diet approach 100% of the time probably works well for about 1% of the population who only eat to fuel their bodies and who get a negligible amount of dopamine from food. Lucky buggers, right? Let's be honest. I actually have an ex-fiance who ate like this. I only have one. That sounded like I have multiple (laughs) ex-fiancés. Wild. I don't. Um, It was wild to me, though. It literally sucked all the fun out of food. He actually said to me more than once that if he could take a pill instead of prepping, cooking eating and washing up three times a day he would and he'd save so much time and energy and he wouldn't miss any of it and I was just like that is an interesting take needless to say I then would feel worse if I indulged in a little bit of chocolate or dare I even grab like a processed protein bar it was not my finest partnership on so many levels if you followed me on Instagram for a while you probably saw it play out on the gram I won't go into great detail, but really fascinated by his relationship with food. And I just want to point out that that approach is very, very rare. Very rare indeed. So anyway, to help with the adherence most of the time for us mere normal humans who actually enjoy food, we want a strategy that allows us the said cheat meals or treats which make it easier to stick to your diet long term without considerable backpedaling from your goals. So basically how do we get to have our cake and eat it too? Now I'm going to move the idea of cheating to treating because I really hate the negative connotations of cheating. I don't know about you guys it just has a yucky feeling makes my skin crawl. So let's chat extra treating instead of cheating. Not to be confused with those 20% of daily treats that I recommend that clients have every day, okay? Because that's my like mini version of the huge cheat meal that people are referring to. Um, And that mini version helps on a smaller scale with dietary adherence every day, right? Like most people at best are eating 50-50 whole foods to processed foods. So if we can get you to 80-20 every day, it's not too much of a big ask. If I turned around and said 100% all day every day, I would have no clients and I wouldn't blame them either. So this extra treating is not to be confused with those 20% of daily treats, okay? In this context, it's when we're totally off plan. So 
I'm not talking about just eating a bit of sugar or a little bit of dairy or, you know, like foods that are deemed unclean by the diet industry, which I hate, idiots. Um, all you and I care about, <laughs> I just had a breath, just like literally tapped out there, my brain stopped working. All that you and I care about are the three most important parts of the food that you eat, okay, which are the calories, the macros, carbs, fats, proteins, and the micronutrients. And you already know micros, so I'm not going to go into it, but that's your vitamins and your minerals, okay? So calories, macros, micronutrients, those are the three components that I want us to focus on. Let's just keep our headspace in the science. Now, when you eat more calories than you planned on eating, regardless of what food that is, that is extra treating for this conversation. And when you replace a large proportion of your nutritious calories, so let's say your 80% that you're consuming at the moment, that would be, let's say that you take that 80% and you actually swap it for more like 30% on an extra treat day because you're consuming more non-nutritious options, we'll call that extra treating too, okay? So in other words, extra treating consists of lots more calories or a lot less nutrients than you would normally eat on any given day. Now that we've got that framed up, let's just look at drawbacks of extra treating on the regular. So too many calories, too frequently, you're gonna fail to hit your goals. Now, I know from doing some data pulling, made me sound so professional. I just, I literally looked at some graphs online. Um, from my clients, that 93% of you guys are trying to lose weight. So I'm going to speak to that audience at the moment. So you eat too many cows too frequently, you're going to fail to hit those weight loss goals. Not forgetting that not everybody's goal is weight loss, okay? If you're bulking and you eat too, much, too many calories too frequently, you'll gain weight too quickly as well, okay, for your goals. So let's just put that group of people aside. If you disregard your micronutrients too frequently, you're going to feel like crap, a la Mr. Twinkies. And you're going to suffer things like brain fog, fatigue, low energy, and you're going to increase your risk of those nutritional deficiencies. You're going to feel garbage, basically. That doesn't mean you shouldn't stray from your meal plan from time to time. In fact, I actually actively encourage these extra treat moments. You absolutely should have extra treats if you want to. But I just think you need to know how to do it productively. And it begins with avoiding the five most common mistakes that people make when extra treating on their diets. I've whittled it down to five because I just wanted to keep this fairly succinct for you guys. This is going to be a bit of a longer episode. I just looked at the clock and we're already like 16 minutes in. So prepare yourself. We might be running for like 30 minutes. Um but I did promise a slightly longer episode. And I think this is just a juicy topic that we really want to dive into well. So let's cover those five things about the common mistakes that people make when they're doing these extra treats. Because this is probably why you threw in the towel on your last diet or your last dietary approach. If you think about the last diet, 
by the way, most people have tried 5.6 diets in their lifetime. Um, on average, I might add. That's a lot. That's a lot of diets that we've all tried on. So what made you throw in the towel last time? And it was probably you had a moment where you were like, fuck it, this is too restrictive. And then you just went wild with the Tim Tams or the thing that you weren't allowed, the alcohol, the whatever. And then you were like, oh, well, I've really done it now. I've pulled a number on myself. And that was just, uh, this is the end. We, we are no longer doing this. How you extra treat matters because I don't want you falling off the edge of that cliff, right? We're not, this is a lifestyle that you're going to build for future you. That's what I want to try and part education around. Um, so this is not a, let's try it for six weeks and get shit shredded and like super hot and whatever. That's great, but let's do it sustainably and let's do it over a period of time and let's get to a point that's actually sustainable rather than, you know, bikini body for Greece. Everybody's in Greece at the moment, by the way. It's just very... Oh, there's actually a Greek-looking man walking past my podcast room right now, and I'm not mad about it. I'm so pleased this is soundproofed. So five extra, like five extra tips or five most common mistakes, I should say. Um, Got really sidetracked there, guys. Um, Make the following mistakes is going to become detrimental. Number one, extra treating too frequently. I don't need to explain that, but I will in a sec. Extra treating by eating too much in one treat meal. I'm going to call it an extra treat meal. Including extra treat days rather than a meal or a snack. Okay, so it's like you're treating like breakfast, lunch, dinner and extra snacks. That's a lot of treating, extra treating. Um, Fourth one, eating too much fat, be it healthy or unhealthy fat sources. And I hate those terms, but you know exactly what I mean. When I say healthy, I'm talking avocado oil, um, olive oil, olives, nuts, the usual suspects, salmon, oh, gotta love salmon, um, and then number five would be drinking copious amounts of alcohol, I actually just did a campaign for an alcohol-removed wine company this morning, as I record this, so I was drinking fake wine at 10am, I really was just living my best life, I'll go into some of these in more detail now, Um, but let's focus on how to extra treat in a really sustainable way, because that's really what I want to dive into in this episode. Now that you know what to avoid, okay, so the structure I would love you to follow, and these are just like five hot takes, pick the ones that you want. Number one, extra treat just once per week, okay, so you're limiting that extra treat moment, whether you're cutting, you're lean bulking, you're maintaining, you're enjoying that extra treat meal just once a week to allow yourself to loosen up and enjoy with nothing to worry about. Now, for me, that's when I hit the cinema once a week with friends. I'm probably oversharing that I go to the cinema too much. Um, I'm not tracking how many Mars bar pods I'm putting into my mouth or how many fizzy snakes I'm having or those little chocolate circles with the hundreds and thousands on top. Oh, they're a favourite. 
just let it be, okay? Don't let that one meal or snack ruin your entire day or send you into a spiral of like, oh, well, I fucked it now. So I'm off the wagon and then it spills over into multiple days. I contain it, I enjoy it, and I move on mentally and physically. Extra treat once a week. Allocate it. Pick your meal that you normally extra treat at. Is it a Friday night pizza and wine? Is it a Saturday night out? I don't know, doing what you do. I don't have fun Saturday nights out. I sit and read with my dog. Um, But pick your nights, you know. I'm cinema Sundays. Number two, when cutting, try not to exceed your average total daily energy expenditure for the day. So if you're trying to lose weight, when I say cutting, you're trying to lose weight, you're normal daily energy expenditure is your maintenance weight, right? And you will have worked this out previously, or I will have worked it out for you if you're a member of 8020. Now, I'm going to link, hopefully it's ready by the time this episode comes out, it may or may not be, I'm going to try and link the free TDE calculator in the show notes. If it's not ready, I'll announce it on Instagram very, very soon. I've had one made up so anybody can come in for free and just type in their stats and then find out what their total daily energy expenditure is and then you'll know what your maintenance calories are but I'll calculate that for you. The calculator is on its way. Now this approach basically just means that you're eating to maintenance on that extra treats day as opposed to eating in a deficit which is what you'd be doing if you were on a cut. Now this approach gives you plenty of room to eat the foods that you wouldn't normally eat when you're cutting especially if you're um, putting all those extra calories into, into this one meal or this one selective moment that you're going with as your extra treat moment but you're still taking in the same amount of energy as a normal day of your diet, okay? Now, you might even find, I don't love this approach, but I'm going to share it because some people do enjoy it and they can do it in a healthy way. I can't, and that's why I don't love it, but I'm not going to project onto you guys. So you might find that you actually want to save up calories from another day. Like, say the day before, say, okay, let's say Friday night pizza night is pizza and wine. Thursday, hear me out, you're at the office, you normally have your afternoon 20% treat, which is, I don't know, a no-shoe donut and a protein bar, whatever. And for that afternoon, you're like, I know it's pizza night tomorrow, so I'm just going to cut out that snack. I'll have a big glass of water, maybe I'll have a decaf black, long black, just to tide me over. Um, and I'm going to sock it up. I'm not going to have that snack. And then I've saved myself, say, 300 calories, and I can bump it onto tomorrow night for my extra pizza treats. Right, cool. Um, Which is fine. You might even do it more drastically than that. You might potentially decide to intermittent fast on Friday morning. Again, I don't love it, but I'm just throwing options out there for you. And then you skip breakfast, but let's not make a habit of it, right? I don't love the idea of planned restriction and then what I would consider then a mini binge to compensate. I don't want you to get into the yo-yo diet cycle in any format. It's just making the maths work when you need to. So if you could do it in a healthy way, you can save up your calories and then you can have a moment where you enjoy your extra treats. So that's how to not overly exceed your extra calories on top of your TDEE for the day if you're doing a treats day. 
let's say I'm eating in a deficit, right? And I'm six days, that just means that six days a week I'm in a deficit and the seventh day I'm eating to maintenance, which could be an extra 500 calories. I'm not pedaling backwards, I'm just pausing for that day. So my weight would stay the same, if that makes sense. But six of the days I've met my target, which is perfect, right? Like far out. I'd be stoked if I could do anything perfectly six days of the seven days and then seventh days just to pause. Like it's such a good approach. So that's basically what that approach is, is eating to your maintenance one day a week on the treats moment. So you're allowing those extra, it's usually about 500 calories when you're in the deficit. You get to consume those extra 500 calories. Okay. Number three or tactic three, and this is for people who are lean bulking specifically. So you're trying to put on some muscle, you're eating in a very slight surplus. So it's normally about 110% of your total daily energy expenditure. So you're you're 10% over your maintenance. The tip here is to not exceed 130% of your TDEE for the day. So you're in a surplus, you're primed for both fat and muscle gain. There's no way you can only put muscle on. Remember your body though has a limited capacity each day to lay down new muscle tissue. You can't just keep eating and growing and eating and growing and eating and growing dependent on the like amount that you're eating. So there's a limit to new muscle tissue being laid down. It makes sense then to minimize fat gain and to maximize muscle gain that you wanna be slightly above your surplus on an extra treats day, but not abnormal volumes of food, which will ultimately lead to weight gain or unwanted fat gain, I should say. I'm gonna skip past that because not many of you are lean bulking, even though I would love you to be. I would love you to be adding more muscle mass on, but I'll hit pause on that. Try to keep dietary fat under 100 grams for the day. That's the extra tip. So this is tip four. Under 100 grams. If you've tracked your food before, you probably know what 100 grams looks like of fat. Now, instead of doubling down on high fat foods in your extra treat moment, so let's say, again, I'm at the cinema and rather than having um, what's really high fat treat, let me think, um, like a keto protein ball that's all coconut oil and cacao and nuts, for example, right? Rather than having that as my extra treat, I would be looking for something that's higher carb, right? Because we know gram for gram, when you compare carbohydrates with fats, carbohydrates have four calories a gram and fats have nine calories per gram. So you're going to essentially be able to eat twice as much volume of carbohydrates than you are fats and a little bit more, getting the same calories in. So if you double down on carbs, you're going to be able to eat more than if you double down on the fats at your extra treat. Now, not only does this help you control your total calories, but it also helps you minimize fat gain because carbs are particularly great at upregulating this thing called leptin. Now, I've spoken about this before on a different episode. You should know by now, it's your hunger hormone. And when you diet, it drops a little bit and it makes you feel more hungry. 
that's the joy of our bodies in dieting. Now, a high dose of carbohydrates can be a great way to temporarily boost your leptin production. So you get this like little injection of like, I'm not that hungry anymore from carbs. Fats don't necessarily have that same impact. So in your extra treats, focus on a high carb meal if you can, rather than just being like, well, I'm going to eat eight gallons of peanut butter because there's better options, I think. And then tip number five would be to drink alcohol intelligently. If I could give you some helpful alcohol parameters on treat days, it would go like this. Limit drinking to one nominated day per week. Now, most people are going to choose a Friday or a Saturday. If you think about what your week normally looks like and when you would normally have a drink, it's probably not a Monday night, unless you're a lawyer, in which case it might be Monday night. It might be every night. Um, you're probably going to choose Friday or Saturday. On that day, have a bit more protein and a bit less carbs and fat. You're saving your calories for that alcohol moment and not stealing calories from your protein needs. Yeah, so keep your protein as it should be, if not a little bit higher. And to have the alcohol, we're going to steal from carbs and fat intake. So don't scrimp on your protein. Stay away from calorie-laden, super syrupy alcoholic drinks. So think tequila sunrise i'm sorry guys sex on the beach all the syrupy ones with the cool names dry wines are great spirits with a sugar-free tonic or a sugar-free i mean soda is sugar-free but like a sugar-free kombucha um they're perfect right that kind of thing is a great choice if i was going out drinking which is very rare like it's literally probably twice a year so i'm crap at giving examples but I would always go for a gin and a sugar-free tonic or a gin soda and lime I know at Mardi Gras that's what all the gay boys love to drink because it keeps them lean because there's no carbs there's very very few carbs if that's anything to go by I feel like they know their physiques now weirdly as well I'll just go back to giving you a hot tip And this is not sponsored. I genuinely just love this brand. As I was saying, I was drinking breakfast wine this morning. A company called Eden Vale Wine have alcohol removed wine. So it's actually wine. It's real wine. They've removed the alcohol. It tastes exactly like wine, which is fab. I can't stop drinking it. I may actually had some the other night I made myself a this is going to sound really sad because I'm single but I had myself a little candlelit dinner some eye fillet and a fake red a little glass of red I mean it's not even fake it's just alcohol removed um half the calories half the calories and it was such a luxurious experience you could totally take a glass in the bath one of my girlfriends actually has it we had a conversation about this. She melts cheese on a plate. I'm having a good giggle to myself. She literally puts grated cheese onto a dinner plate, puts it in the microwave, melts it, and has a glass of alcohol-removed red wine in the bath on a Friday night. That's her treat moment. It makes me laugh every time. She's like, cheese and wine. Cheese and wine. Okay, 
key takeaways. Sorry, I get so sidetracked today. I'm just excited about the wine, the alcohol-removed wine. So Edenvale, by the way, is the name. I'm pretty sure you can get it online. You can get it at most liquor stores as well now, which is fab because there's no liquor in there. Uh, perfect for people like me. And you can also get it from supermarkets. I highly recommend it. Tastes exactly the same. Key takeaways, when done correctly, extra treating can make it easier to stick to your diet and see results. When it's done, though, without any kind of plan, it's going to leave you super frustrated, sad, guilty, annoyed, and you're just going to want to throw in the towel. In fact, as I was saying, that's probably how your last diet ended, and it was not on a good note. So let's have a bit of a strategy this time and actually prepare for them, like allow them so that when they happen, it's not a catastrophized moment, end of the world, this diet is horseshit, you know, like it's just part of the plan. And when you feel like you're on plan, because it's a structured approach, you can go back the next day and you're still on track and you're like, this is perfect. I'm still motivated. I'm still feeling it. And now I'm back onto my deficit. Happy days. Okay. The consistency over a long period of time is what matters and your mindset is the deciding factor in your consistency. Go back through this episode, note down any of the tips or the approaches that I've mentioned that you're going to go and try on. And don't forget, food is there to be enjoyed. A fat loss phase is only supposed to be a phase, not a lifelong pursuit, my girls. Please, please, please just rewind that for five seconds and re-listen. Links to my coaching are in the show notes. My newly launched VIP coaching service has come out this week. I'm so excited to launch it into the universe. I'm privately checking in now on voice message once a week on a Monday to set you up for the week over WhatsApp with 25 women only and applications are open now. When this is live, applications will be open. If you can't find the application form, holler at me by DM and I will send you the link. It's only going to be open for, I think, a week because we've already had 100 people pre-registered to get the application form. So VIP coaching, I'm checking in with you. You've got me as your dedicated coach. It happens once a week. I will automatically update your macros every week as needed and I'll support you through any hurdles, struggles that you're coming across, um, any exercise corrections that you need, you can send me a video. If you need me at any point during the week, I'm literally the nutritionist you need in your pocket in the moment of crisis. Like you're facing down a barrel of Tim Tams and you're just like, I need to text Sal, you got me if you're a VIP coaching client. And let's be honest, you know, when you're like in the moment of crisis or it's pre-period or it's somebody's wedding and you're drunk and you're having a kebab at 2am and you're just like, I really could do with a conversation with my nutritionist right now. It's never when you've got an appointment. So this is bridging that gap. Okay. I don't know if I'm going to be awake at 2am to talk you out of a kebab, but I will be available as through waking hours that are normal for me, which let's be honest, I wake up at 4am every day. They're not that normal. So I'll be there. I'll hold your hand through any hurdles, struggles. We'll personalize your approach together. 
That's all for this episode, guys. If you took anything away from it, please rate and subscribe. It means the absolute world to me. I hope you've picked up some really useful tools and I will see you next episode. Bye.